Good evening, high school football fans. This is High School Football America for July 30th, 2015. I'm Jeff Fisher, host of the show and founder and editor-in-chief of High School Football America and HighSchoolFootballAmerica.com. Well, it's finally here, folks. The season is officially underway with practice beginning on Monday in multiple states. And, of course, it will just grow, spread right across the country over the next uh, week, week and a half. And we are excited to be right in the middle of it. And we'll get you all pumped up. On uh, Saturday, Saturday morning, 3 o'clock Eastern, noon Pacific, when we release our preseason top 25. It's a combination of the algorithm, which you know we've been using for a couple of years, our proprietary algorithm. And uh, the preseason poll does get a, a little bit of opinion in there, so we kind of mix it all together. And we have been, over the last, uh, since Saturday, previewing some of the top teams. And speaking of top teams, we're going to speak to three-time defending High School Football America national champ, mythical national champ, Tom Westerberg of the Allen Eagles, head coach there. Uh, Allen has won our three national championships. Actually, back in 2012, when we only used opinion, they finished uh, in a tie, dead heat, with uh, John Curtis out of Louisiana. But since the algorithm kicked in in 2013 and 14, the three-time Texas State champs have been, just like on the field, they've been unbeatable, and they have won our last three. And we're going to talk to Tom Westerberg about the job ahead of him which is uh, finding a replacement for Kyler Murray, the undefeated quarterback for three years who's on at, uh, gone on to Texas A&M. And, and Tom will join us talking about uh, his defense being the cornerstone of this year's team. And uh, he does have a, a battle for the quarterback position. They have Seth Green, who came down from Minnesota, an Oregon commit. But right now, the young man who's been in the program is the JV quarterback, Mitchell Junkie. He is, uh, he is the number one guy going into camp, and you'll hear Tom talk talk about that in just a little bit. We've been previewing some of the top teams on the website at highschoolfootballamerica.com since Saturday. We've had, uh, let's see, Mallard Creek from North Carolina up there. Loaded, loaded team. Uh, De La Salle. Wow. <laughs> Speaking of loaded, they're, they're loaded for decades, but uh, <laughs> the talent is there once again this year. They finished number two in our overall poll last year. Bishop Gorman with that ultra-tough out-of-state schedule will be in the mix from Nevada. DeSoto, I like them. Uh, Todd, P Todd Peterman, who was on the show, new head coach there, former offensive coordinator under Claude Mathis. He takes over the reins. Lots of talent back there, and we're gonna uh, we previewed the Eagles with that, and uh, we're gonna have our, our Allen preview coming up here. Uh, on the website, along with uh, Colquitt County. Again, Saturday at uh, 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, we will begin releasing one by one the top 25. Uh, we will do all 25 of them going from top to bottom on Saturday. Uh, in addition to Tom Westerberg on the show tonight, going to talk some Florida football with uh, Josh Wilson, founder of FloridaHSFootball.com. They're now part of the USA Today High School Sports uh, digital network, and Josh will join us to talk about some of the top teams. Uh, Miami Central, we did a preview on them uh, on Sunday. You can read that on HighSchoolFootballAmerica.com. Uh, definitely going to be a top 10 team. And uh, another team down there that's vying for that top spot is uh, St. Thomas Aquinas. And Josh and I are all, we're also going to talk about IMG Academy, uh, the recruiting academy, if you will. Uh, do they, they deserve to be in uh, national polls uh, given uh, the way the, the program is structured? We had Steve Spiewak uh, talk about that from Max Preps. 
a couple of weeks ago. He is uh, certain because of the schedule they play that they uh, deserve to be in there. And uh, we're not going to tell you whether uh, they're in our poll or not. We're going to let you wait until Saturday to find that out. But St. Thomas Aquinas, uh, the other state power there for a long, long time, uh, will uh, will be in the poll. And we're going to have uh, Josh break down uh, all those big teams in Florida. Also on the show tonight, uh, Dr. Chris Katuris from Anaheim Hills here in Southern California. He is the team doctor for Orange Lutheran High School. He will join us to talk a, a wide array of topics, everything from uh, hydration to the uh, change in practice times uh, and, uh, you know, how much in practice, you know, full contact is allowed. And, and uh, Dr. Katoris will join us to talk about that. Uh, the hydration part, you know, obviously very, very important as we have high temperatures throughout America as we go to the practice field. Um, Today on High School Football America this morning mentioned that a, a young man in Tennessee at uh, Haywood High School passed away after practice. Uh, coach saying that it was um, it was not uh, football related or heat related, although the uh, heat index in Tennessee and the neighborhood of the high school. Uh, yesterday was up around 109 in Tennessee when the uh, heat index gets to 104. No practices are allowed. Uh, Dr. Chris Katuris, a lot of good news that you can use uh, when it comes to player safety this year as we head into the 2015 season. And, uh, you know, just got to remind everybody, hydration, hydration, hydration. And obviously uh, when it gets too hot, uh, coaches I think nowadays understand that it's uh, time to, you know, not cancel the practice or go inside and do something differently. All right, want to uh, welcome in our sponsors tonight, starting with Echo 1612. Coaches, if you have not looked at this product yet, I'm not sure why you haven't. Uh, obviously, you must not think that instant replay on your sidelines will help you become a better coach to help the kids get that in-game change when it's needed. Why wait until the next day when you go and watch game film and you say, oh, he ran the wrong pattern. Oh, he did this. They were doing that. You can get all that within eight seconds after the play ends if you get Echo 1612 at Echo1612.com. The great thing about Echo 1612, it's been uh, built for coaches by coaches. Chad Cargill and company at Christian Heritage Academy in Oklahoma City, they, they built this for themselves, and it was such a great hit that they were kind of forced, so to speak, into business, and these guys do it right. They are the leaders. They are the innovators. You know what? Others are out there trying to come up and catch up, and that's what happens in America. It is a capitalist society, but trust me, these guys have the secret sauce. Uh, no Wi-Fi connection, no cellular connection, no, no data plan. I mean, it's all there for you. Why would you not become a better coach by bringing Echo 1612 to your coaching toolbox? Instant replay on your iPad, on your sidelines, eight seconds after the play ends. And uh, you can go back and listen to a couple of the interviews that we had with uh, Chad and the head coach at uh, Christian Heritage Academy, Tony Merrill, talking about how they've brought the coaches out of the box. That's how good Echo is. Echo 1612. Also uh, brought to you tonight by Crossover. Hey, coaches, this is, you, you know what it's like to sit in a stuffy uh, locker room watching your game film the next day or preparing for your next opponent, just sitting in there in that smelly old, well, maybe you've got air conditioning, but most coaches' rooms are a little, little tough. Or maybe you're doing it at home and ignoring the kids, the wife, the girlfriend, whatever it may be, uh, whomever it may be. 
crossover will fix that for you. They are compatible with Huddle. You upload your video, and just like that, there's three levels just like that, you will get a complete breakdown. Tagged. Everything is there for you. Tendency, down and distance. Everything that you take hours upon hours to do. Uh, Jason Strunk, who writes the turnaround for us, the head coach at Lubbock High School in West Texas, did it on his own. He said, Jeff, I want to write about this. Uh, they bought the Dynasty package, which is $2,499 for the year. And what that's going to do in Texas for him when he counts out man hours and all that is it's going to save him $10,000 a year. Now, we know that you know budgets are tight right now, but again, these are things that are going to give your program a distinct advantage, just like Echo Crossover does it. It's crossover with a K, crossover.com forward slash football, and we're going to have uh, Ken Hoffman on the show next week to talk about uh, the, the latest rollout that uh, occurs on Saturday where everybody starts uploading their film. Uh, Crossover's got it. They, it's innovative. I've got a lot of friends around the country that have bought it, and uh, it's after they checked it out. I just said, hey, let me know. How good is this stuff? And uh, to a man, I get, you know, this is the next generation. This is cutting edge. This will change the way you game plan for you. doesn't take away your ability to game plan. It just gives you an advantage when you're doing it. And brought to you tonight by the good friends at Southern Sport. They've been with us for three years with the Debris Inhibitor Razor, the TDI Razor, keeping those pesky rubber pellets from field turf out of your shoes and saving you money as well. Why? Well, a lot of kids love to spat. Uh, you know, we know spatting is basically all about show out there on the field. And uh, with 23 great colors, uh, the TDI Razor can give you that great look of spatting without that high cost of tape, which at $4 a roll, it gets a little expensive. And uh, you can get a discount on your order by going to TDI Razor. That's Razor with a U, R-A-Z-U-R, TDIRazor.com. Uh, put in the code HSFA and you will get a discount on your order. Don't forget to hit us up on all the social media. Follow us on Twitter, HSFB America, Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash High School Football America. We've got Instagram going now, Pinterest. All of those links are available to you on the website at HighSchoolFootballAmerica.com. Great videos coming up here in the uh, near future as Southern California gets kicked off. We are going to do video previews of all 16 in the ultra-tough Trinity League, year in and year out, the Trinity League, uh, which is you know everybody from St. John Bosco, uh, Orange Lutheran, Santa Margarita, Jay Sarah, I don't want to miss anybody here, uh, who is Servite. Uh, all those teams uh, are just top-notch teams year in and year out, and we are going to have uh, video previews coming up on the website after camp opens here in Southern California next week when they put the pads on. So look out for that. The jobs board's slowing down a little bit, and why not? We're going into the season. Not many teams looking for coaches, but we're going to keep it rolling throughout the season. If you want to be listed on that, email me at jeff at highschoolfootballamerica.com. And we have our coaches job board for all sports at coachesjobboard.com. Also, we put up uh, a lot of schedules so far. We'll continue to do so. 20 statewide schedules put up today. We put up uh, schedules from North Carolina at highschoolfootballamerica.com. So all you have to do is go to the website and you can see uh, coming from various sources, state organizations like today's uh, came from uh, carolinapreps.com, our good friend Chris Hughes there. So we're uh, Putting all that together, aggregating it for you so it's all in one spot and you can follow all the news throughout the um, season in our state-by-state 
new section. It's real easy to use. High School Football America, the new design, getting great reviews, and we appreciate everyone that uh, visits us, not once, not twice, but multiple times a day. All right, going to take a break. We've got a packed show. When we come back, Tom Westerberg, head coach of the three-time Texas State champion Allen Eagles, and oh, by the way, the three-time mythical national champs for us here at High School Football America. They're going to be in the mix again when we release our poll on Saturday. Tom Westerberg talking about his Eagles when we come back. You're listening to High School Football America on the Artist First Radio Network. Instant replays on a high school football sideline? Seriously? Yes. The future is here with Echo 1612's Instant Replay Sideline System. Echo's cutting-edge technology was the first to the market two years ago. Echo delivers instant replay to your sideline on an iPad within seconds of a play being finished so that you can make tomorrow's coaching changes today. This NFHS-approved product may be the biggest change in high school football since the invention of the helmet. Coaches, you'll gain a competitive edge by adding Echo 1612's Instant Replay Sideline System to your coaching toolbox. How cool is this? The Echo Instant Replay Sideline System works with both your current booth and end zone cameras. Plus, and this is an important point, Echo works without any cellular connection, data plans, or internet. The list of high school football programs using Echo 1612 system is growing daily, meaning your opponent may already have a game time advantage. You don't want to be left out, do you? The Echo 1612 advantage is simple. Echo plus an iPad equals instant replay on your sideline that improves your game planning. Seriously, you'll be making coaching adjustments in real time, not the day after. Except no copycats, Echo 1612 is the best on the market. Echo 1612's cutting-edge technology helps you make tomorrow's adjustments today. Learn more at Echo1612.com. turf rubber pellets be gone. The Debris Inhibitor Razor is a seamless outer sock that was specifically designed to keep crumb rubber and other fine debris from artificial or grass playing surfaces out of an athlete's shoes and socks, thus keeping such debris out of gym bags and locker rooms. The Razor, spelled R-A-Z-U-R, is favored by athletes who want the look of tape, by trainers who no longer have the time to tape only for show, and by moms who no longer want that crumb rubber in the house. The Debris Inhibitor Razor is made in America. It's 70% nylon and 30% spandex, making it extra lightweight and very durable, and it's backed by a one-year performance guarantee. The Debris Inhibitor Razor covers just the right amount of a player's shoe while keeping those shoelaces tight. It's fully customizable, machine washable, and more importantly, it's easy to get on and off. The Debris Inhibitor Razor comes in 23 colors and sizes are youth, medium, large, and for that extra big foot, extra large. Founded in 2010 by former University of Mississippi All-SEC football player Carl Hoppy Langley III, Southern Sport Inc. created the Debris Inhibitor to improve athletic performance by protecting athletes, allowing them to look and feel better with technically advanced products engineered with superior fabric construction, patented design, and proven innovation. Get a discount on your order by using the High School Football America code HSFA when you order at TDIRazor.com. That's Razor spelled with a U at TDIRazor.com.
Listen up, football coaches. You need to check out a new scouting film solution called Crossover. That's Crossover with a K. Crossover Intelligence for Football gives you the edge you need to defeat your opponents. They not only break down and analyze scouting games for you, but they give you interactive tendency reports to diagnose your opponent's strengths and weaknesses. Crossover is your personal advanced scout, accessible from any mobile device or PC, and even integrates with your existing film platform like Huddle. Just transfer your scouting film from your existing video exchange service to the Crossover website, and in as little as 12 hours, your film will become completely indexed and tagged. Each play will become its own clip, allowing you to search the footage for anything you'd like. Their interactive down and distance reports will let you visualize your opponent's play calls in every situation or formation. Crossover Intelligence will give you the scouting edge you need to defeat your opponents. Go to crossover.com forward slash football to sign up for a quick five-minute demo to see how it can work for your team. That's crossover with a K, crossover.com forward slash football. This portion of High School Football America brought to you by Kellogg's Frosted Flakes. Tony the Tiger reminding all you dads out there whenever you sit down with the kids and share your love and passion for the game of football, you do it with a bowl of Frosted Flakes. Well, the High School Football America Top 25 algorithm comes out on Saturday, and uh, somewhere near the top again this year will be uh, the team that has won three of our mythical national championships, the uh, Allen Eagles under Coach Tom Westerberg, who has done an an incredible job in his time there, a a lifetime record of 134 wins, 16 losses. That's it. Three mythical national championships, four state championships in the state of Texas, three-time state champ coming into 2015 and coach was with us in January talking about uh, the excitement of number three and now he joins us today to talk about uh, the thrill of going after number four welcome to the show coach oh appreciate it thanks for having me on yeah, well, let's kind of, you know, pick up, uh, you know, well, albeit, you know, eight months later from our January conversation. But uh, I remember one of the things you talked about was uh, you, you were looking forward to your defense this year. But I, I think even before we get to that, the, the one thing that is back, <laughs> aside from some starters on defense, is your stadium. How important is it to not be road warriors this year? Well, it's, it's, we're excited. We've got eight home games and, uh, you know, the, the atmosphere at our – at our stadium in Allen uh, is, you know, second to none. And, and uh, just being able to get in and play eight, and we've got eight home games. And so being able to, you know, and the biggest thing is, is being able to walk out and practice there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were, not only were we on the road for 16 games, we are on the road Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, every day to practice because we had to go bus over to our old old stadium to practice. And so that's really the that, that's a huge key is just to be able to walk outside and practice. Uh, uh, we get to do it a couple of times uh, in the state championship week. We've got to practice in the stadium a couple of boy, you really miss it. And so uh, <laughs> you know, just uh, you know, trying to get into uh, August 28th when we open it up uh, again. Uh, played Ben Dyer, another huge game for us, and so there'll be 20,000 people there. It'll be fun. Uh, nothing beats home cooking, as they say. Tom Westerberg on the line tonight on High School Football America talking about uh, the Eagles 2015 style. And like I said, back in January when you were celebrating, you were saying, Jeff, I think that uh, you know the defense is going to be the thing. Kyle, Kyler Murray is gone. He's at Texas A&M. And uh, you, you guys only, I think, started one senior last year in the state championship game. Uh, let's get some of the names of the kids in here. And, and, and more importantly, before we get to that, how has the defense developed through spring ball and now getting ready for, for fall camp? Yeah, they've done uh, done an awesome job. Uh, Corey Kane, our D coordinator, has uh, 
uh, you know, we we had some rough games last year, but we settled down pretty good. And and then you know, we started one senior because of some. You know, we we could have started a few more seniors, but uh, because of injuries, uh, we only started one at the state championship game. So once we get to rolling uh, uh, this fall, uh, we always we switched from a three man front to a four man front, and we had to do quite a few different things to get the best personnel on the field. But uh, you know, looking forward to getting those guys out there. And uh, you know, you got uh, Jalen Jones who just committed yesterday to Ole Miss, uh, kind of heading up the secondary back there for us, and. Uh, will be a three-year starter, and uh, Dallas George was an outside linebacker for us. That was the MVP of the state championship game defensively, and uh, just a number of other guys that, uh, that we're looking forward to having out there on the field. Talking to Tom Westerberg tonight on High School Football America, the uh, the Allen Eagles heading into 2015 on a 43-game win streak, three straight uh, state championships in Texas, uh, four overall in Tom's reign there. And one of the things that I know you're proud of, and you've talked about this on a couple of shows with us, is the consistency in the uh, in the coaching staff. And uh, you know, you you lost your offensive coordinator to become a head coach in San Antonio and Jeff Fleener, but uh, you've got a guy there that you moved over into the OC spot that I think you know a little bit about, don't you? <laughs> your your son, <laughs> what's that like? That's right. <laughs> That's that right. Like? No, it, it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's a deal that we, you know, that he's wanted to do for a long time, and uh, you know, we he came over, uh, been an OC for uh, five years, uh, and then came over to us last year as a as a JV coach, uh, uh, just to get into Allen and get into the right spot, and uh, came over and and uh, was able to uh, when Chris Finner left, was able to uh, get in and. And uh, move him over into the OC spot. And so once uh, once that's taken place, uh, he's you know bringing some stuff that he's done. And so it's it's a uh, it's a fun deal. We're doing a lot of the same stuff, and uh, and then uh, and then he's adding some other stuff to it. So it's fun. Uh, it's fun to. to to get to work with him. As a head coach in the state of Texas, we know there's tons of pressure. Uh, how much easier is it for you, especially now that you're you know, 10-plus years there uh, as the head coach, uh, how much easier is it for you with the staff that you have that's had so much consistency going into camp? I mean, is it one of those things where you kind of wind them up and say, okay, guys, we've done this once, twice, or ten times before? You know, I, the biggest thing is to, you know, my biggest job is to make sure they're not comfortable uh, and and because uh, once I think you get comfortable, you get kind of complacent with some stuff, and so uh, you know we, we talk about that, and we'll start our coaching staff meetings on Thursday or Monday of next week, and uh, on August third when they come in, and and that'll be the first thing we'll address is uh, you know not being comfortable and complacent where you are, and and striving to be uh, you know win the next game, and that's kind of what we try to do as a staff, and they've done a great job with it, and a lot of them have been. Uh, and now in the same amount of time I have. So I've uh, been here for quite a while. Uh, one of your slogans there uh, on the stadium, play like a champion, uh, that, that that seems to be easier when you put together what you guys put together. Um, let's talk about the young kids that come into the program. What, what are some of the things you do as a head coach and as, as a staff to say, hey, guys, this is Allen football. This is what we're all about. What are, what are some of those things you talk about to the young guys? Because part of the key is the numbers you have when it comes to replacing after this great run. Right. Yeah. The whole thing is, is those kids have watched our teams play. Uh, they understand how we play. Uh, we're a one high school town, so we have control of our seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade JV all coming through, and and I have control of all those coaches also. And so our kids know our system. They know uh, what to expect and 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 what we think uh, 
uh, how we, you know, how they should play. And so uh, it's not a, not really a deal where we have to, you know, say this is how it is. Uh, they know how it is. And let's get to uh, the offense. Obviously, uh, you know, everybody has been writing that, uh, you know, it's a different offense without Kyler Murray there as he moves on after an incredible time uh, winning the Gatorade National Male Athlete of the Year. And in January, you talked about there were going to be several kids that were going to be in the fight there. And you got a transfer from Minnesota and Seth Green. Uh, what, I, I know you came out of spring ball without a number one. What, what, what's it looking like at the QB position going into uh, fall camp? Uh, going into fall camp, it'll be uh, Mitchell Jonkey, who was our JV starting quarterback last year, took every rep on our JV. He'll be the starter uh, going into fall camp with Seth as a number two guy. Uh, but both of them will play. Uh, and what I've told them is that, uh, you know, we're going to continue that battle uh, throughout uh, until, you know, they're both going to play in the scrimmage. They'll both play in the first two games, and we'll settle on somebody before we go into district. So it's still kind of open. Uh, and if it works through the first two games, playing two quarterbacks, we may play two the rest of the way. But, uh, you know, coming out of spring, Mitchell Donkey was one and Seth was two. Yeah, and, and I, I read a couple of reports in the, the media down there that you were very happy with uh, Mitchell's play. What, what do you see in him, aside from the fact that he's obviously come through the system and knows it very, very well? He, uh, it's not real flashy. Uh, you know, obviously nobody's going to be – uh, we, we may coach one Kyler Murray in our lifetimes, so uh, you know we're not going <laughs> to we're not going to ask him to do that. Uh, but uh, you know we ask him to get the ball to the right people. He's a very very smart kid, and uh, you know not an extremely strong arm, but uh, very accurate and, and just uh, pretty hedgy about everything. All right, let's flip it over to uh, the offensive line, led by uh, Greg Little, a uh, five-star athlete, uh, one of the tops in the country. Uh, how important is this offensive line to the 2015 season? Uh, for us, that's where it all starts, uh, was, was with our offensive line. And, uh, you know, Tyler did a lot of things, but boy, there's, there's some times where he had tons of time back there. And so uh, with, with Greg Little as our, as our left tackle uh, and – you know, being the number one recruit in the in that class, uh, you know, he's he's special. Uh, and so <clears throat> we were fortunate enough to have two of those to start the year last year with, with Bobby Evans and, and Greg both. But, uh, you know, the the line this year is going to be, uh, you know, Greg's, Greg's probably, the, you know, he's the big guy. And, and uh, uh, the rest of them are, are uh, you know, have played significant amount of time throughout the throughout the playoffs and so they all have some experience so it'll be it'll be a fun group Tom Westerberg is on the line tonight uh, on high school football America uh, Allen has won three straight national championships we like to think Tom that we're smarter than anybody else our algorithm had you figured out three <laughs> years ago uh, and, and and you know we talked about the quarterback position now let's let's talk about the the, the you know we said the offensive line now the running back you've got a running back there a young man that uh, has some experience for you what's the running game look like and then take it to the the wideouts you know, the the running back situation going in uh, this fall is going to be a little different. Uh, David Feliciano, who had played for us, uh, decided uh, not to play anymore. So oh, okay. uh, he has uh, had a couple shoulder surgeries and uh, opted uh, to pass on the football <laughs> route of everything. So uh, it's kind of a wide-open deal uh, going in. So uh, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. That'll, that'll, that'll be a key focal point uh, as we start fall camp on August the 10th. Okay. And well, then with the with the receivers, uh, we don't have uh, we have a couple of kids, Kerry Hall and and uh, uh, Camden Harrison, that played for us in the state championship run. And then we have 
a number of other kids that uh, will we'll roll almost three deep probably at receiver where we've got some speed and some uh, some uh, where they're not really separating from each other. So we'll, we'll roll about two or three kids deep at each position. Tom Westerberg on the line tonight on High School Football America and uh, talking about uh, what's happened over the last three years, but more importantly, uh, what lies ahead. And as we wrap things up here, Tom, uh, let's let's go with uh, what are the things that have to happen to put your team back in the uh, the, the opportunity to, to win a fourth straight state championship in Texas? Well, you know, every year each team has to come together as a team. And, uh, you know, you, you, the only way they can do that is, is put them in some adverse situations, which will be in the very first game against Denton Geyer. Uh, and then we have a team coming in from uh, Florida. And so it'll be, uh, you know, it'll be interesting up front. We only have two non-district games, and we've got to come together pretty quick. Uh, we, we started that, and they're, they're going through all that during the summer workout. Today's the last day of their workout session. And so it's uh, – uh, they have to come together as a team. And then, you know, and then obviously you've got to be lucky in some certain situations, which we've been able to, the ball's bounced our way, and we got to kind of keep it going that way. And so uh, it's a long road to get back all the way to that to that point. But uh, uh, we'll, uh, we'll work hard and uh, see what happens this year. Well, Coach, we appreciate uh, your friendship here. Always hopping on the line for us to talk about your program and your kids and wishing nothing but continued success in 2015. Thanks for joining us tonight. You bet. Thanks so much for having me. Very welcome. Going to take a break, come back, talk Florida high school football with Josh Wilson. That and more, you're listening to High School Football America. Instant replays on a high school football sideline? Seriously? Yes. The future is here with Echo 1612's Instant Replay Sideline System. Echo's cutting-edge technology was the first to the market two years ago. Echo delivers instant replay to your sideline on an iPad within seconds of a play being finished so that you can make tomorrow's coaching changes today. This NFHS-approved product may be the biggest change in high school football since the invention of the helmet. Coaches, you'll gain a competitive edge by adding Echo 1612's instant replay sideline system to your coaching toolbox. How cool is this? The Echo Instant Replay Sideline System works with both your current booth and end zone cameras. Plus, and this is an important point, Echo works without any cellular connection, data plans, or internet. The list of high school football programs using Echo 1612 system is growing daily, meaning your opponent may already have a game time advantage. You don't want to be left out, do you? The Echo 1612 advantage is simple. Echo plus an iPad equals instant replay on your sideline that improves your game planning. Seriously, you'll be making coaching adjustments in real time, not the day after. Except no copycats, Echo 1612 is the best on the market. Echo 1612's cutting-edge technology helps you make tomorrow's adjustments today. Learn more at Echo1612.com. turf rubber pellets be gone. The Debris Inhibitor Razor is a seamless outer sock that was specifically designed to keep crumb rubber and other fine debris from artificial or grass playing surfaces out of an athlete's shoes and socks, thus keeping such debris out of gym bags and locker rooms. The Razor, spelled R-A-Z-U-R, is favored by athletes who want the look of tape, by trainers who no longer have the time to tape only for show, 
and by moms who no longer want that crumb rubber in the house. The debris inhibitor razor is made in America. It's 70% nylon and 30% spandex, making it extra lightweight and very durable, and it's backed by a one-year performance guarantee. The debris inhibitor razor covers just the right amount of a player's shoe while keeping those shoelaces tight. It's fully customizable, machine washable, and more importantly, it's easy to get on and off. The debris inhibitor razor comes in 23 colors and sizes are youth, medium, large, and for that extra big foot, extra large. Founded in 2010 by former University of Mississippi All-SEC football player Carl Hoppy Langley III, Southern Sport Inc. created the debris inhibitor to improve athletic performance by protecting athletes, allowing them to look and feel better with technically advanced products engineered with superior fabric construction, patented design, and proven innovation. Get a discount on your order by using the High School Football America code HSFA when you order at TDIRazor.com. That's Razor spelled with a U at TDIRazor.com. Listen up, football coaches. You need to check out a new scouting film solution called Crossover. That's Crossover with a K. Crossover Intelligence for Football gives you the edge you need to defeat your opponents. They not only break down and analyze scouting games for you, but they give you interactive tendency reports to diagnose your opponent's strengths and weaknesses. Crossover is your personal advanced scout, accessible from any mobile device or PC, and even integrates with your existing film platform like Huddle. Just transfer your scouting film from your existing video exchange service to the Crossover website, and in as little as 12 hours, your film will be completely indexed and tagged. Each play will become its own clip, allowing you to search the footage for anything you'd like. Their interactive down and distance reports will let you visualize your opponent's play calls in every situation or formation. Crossover Intelligence will give you the scouting edge you need to defeat your opponents. Go to crossover.com forward slash football to sign up for a quick five-minute demo to see how it can work for your team. That's crossover with a K, crossover.com forward slash football. This portion of High School Football America brought to you by Echo 1612. Coaches get instant replay on your sidelines eight seconds after the play ends on an iPad without a data plan, Wi-Fi connection, or cellular connection. It's a great product. Learn more at echo1612.com. All right. Well, the uh, top 25, as we've been saying throughout the show, coming out on Saturday, our High School Football America preseason top 25 poll. This year's uh, preseason poll, just like last year's, uses our algorithm. It will kick in in season, but we also put a little bit of opinion in there and uh, like to uh, see what a lot of the, the great websites around the country are doing. And one of our friends for a long time here at High School Football America is the owner, the founder of FloridaHSFootball.com, Josh Wilson. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, his uh, recent signing as he partnered up with USA Today High School Sports. So proud of him for that, but uh, we're going to get an inside look at what's going on in Florida. A lot of us usual suspects and a couple maybe not so much, and then a little controversy over one ranking, but Josh is here to break it down for us. Welcome to the show, Josh. Appreciate it, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it's always great to have you on here, and we're going to talk about USA Today in a little bit, and I know your uh, rankings are coming out shortly. And as uh, as we kind of break through things here, and we've seen a couple of preseason polls come out already, uh, Max Preps uh, with its early contenders, some usual suspects, the the, the Miami Central Rockets, uh, the Raiders there at St. Thomas Aquinas, both loaded programs. 
Let's start right at the top with um, uh, Miami Central. Uh, obviously, Roland Smith has done a fantastic job there and uh, a lot of talent back. Uh, what, what do you like about the Rockets this year? And I, I'm assuming you agree that they're one of the best in the nation. Oh, yeah, Miami Central is definitely sure one of the best in the nation. I mean, I mean they, you know, they return a lot. You know, they're always able a team that can reload each year no matter what's going on. So, for the Rockets, you know, I think, the, you know, they're, they're in line to join very much rare company in the state of Florida winning four straight cha- state championships, and I think that could be done this year with them. I mean, they would join North Florida Christian and Swanee as the only other two teams to won four straight state championships, which is that's the record amount. So Miami Central can do it this year and go back next year. They may they, they could they could uh, try to go for five straight, and that would that would be a new record in the state of Florida. And that the last time last time that the the team the the one team that of those two teams that did that North Florida Christian that was that right in the late nineties early two thousand. So it's it's been a while. Talking with Josh Wilson tonight on High School Football America, founder, editor-in-chief of FloridaHSFootball.com, a great website. It's uh, statewide. He's been doing it for a long time. A lot of uh, team previews up there, the schedules, everything you need to know, and his rankings are coming out as well. So we, neither one of us are going to spoil our surprise here on who's going to have what when the when the, the actual announcement's made. But um, when, it, when it comes to, to Central, one of the things I noticed this year, uh, and, and we see this all the time with private schools, but uh, the Rockets uh, getting a lot of transfers giving them some depth talk a little bit about that for you for us to let us know what's going on I, there i think i think some of it has to do with what's happened over at, at, at rival booker t washington with the coaching change there for the third straight year you know third different the third different coach for over there i think there's been some changes there which that's actually kind of led to some of that and you, 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 everybody's you know the, the mentality is well they're winning championships so i'm going to go play for a school that's winning championships and with with a lot of more of uh, the open school enrollment kind of thing now, it's, it's a little bit easier for kids to transfer, citing their academic reason, even though it may not be necessarily for that academic reason why they're going to a particular school. It's, you know, like you said, what Roland Smith has done, and, you know, he, he kind of picked up where Telly Lockett left off when Telly Lockett left a couple of years ago to go up to go to the University of South Florida. And, you know, that right there, I feel like that's Miami Central's Big key point right there. That's their, their key advantage is you know they've been able to continue what was started with Tally Lockett there, and being able to continue you know winning those games, winning state championships, you know, and and and, and setting this tough schedule. And you know, and that that's that's the biggest thing right there. You know, they set tough schedules and you know they play through it, and that's why they always end up you know in Orlando. And you know. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought I thought last year for sure. You know, there, there might have been a chance where Miami Central wasn't going to make it, but you know, they still found a way to push through. And then, then after that, it was all it was all there from that. One of the big pickups, uh, Darnell Solomon, uh, number fifty-one best prospect in America according to USA Today High School Sports Composite Rankings, wide receiver, uh, is going to fill in nicely for Devontae Phillips, who uh, is now at uh, Florida State. Talking Florida high school football tonight with Josh Wilson of FloridaHSFootball.com, and uh, you know uh, Miami Central. When I had Roland Smith on the show back in May, said they have September fourth circled. Yeah, they've got to Matha before that, but they get the the rematch with Booker T, which has taken them down the last two years so let's go to Booker T obviously you just mentioned that the changes at the top as far as the head coaches uh, but uh, not being seen in many national polls a team that's on a long win streak a lot of state championships in a row um, uh, we know they lost a lot but but why are they not maybe getting the love this year so far from some of the big national ranking services 
I think one of the coaching changes I made your too, but the which you had players transferring in over the Harris years. You're not seeing that as much this off season. Uh, and then I think a lot of people are seeing the writing on the wall when it comes to the week one game against St. Thomas Aquinas when they go to play go up to Fort Lauderdale and play, you know, the Raiders. So I think that's a that's a the thing that people are seeing that. And I can actually, you know, I can I can actually you know say sympathize or whatever you know I can actually say hey, I agree that this there's a big major question mark on the wall. Mm-hmm. How is Booker T. Washington going to come out of the gate in that week one game, especially since it's going to probably most likely be nationally televised if it's not already on the schedule? What what's ne- what's the next thing you know for Booker T. You know how how. How well did they come out of the game? Yeah, you're right. Uh, you know, Booker T with the long win streak could be very easily 0-2 after the first two weeks of the season. Josh Wilson on the line tonight on High School Football America. And uh, you can check them out at FloridaHSFootball.com. Uh, let's let's stick, you know, we've, we've talked about Booker T. Now let's go to uh, its, its first week opponent, St. Thomas Aquinas. Tons of talent. Uh, we see them as being a, a, a definitely within the top 15. And I'm not going to say how high in the top 15, but they're definitely there. Um, uh, how, how good is this team? I guess we're going to find in week one. But, I mean, I think this is a team that just likes Miami Central, has a shot, if things fall right, to, to get in to that national championship hunt. Oh, definitely, definitely sure. I mean, they've picked up some transfers. They've even that's interesting. They've picked up a couple of tra- key transfers over from from uh, Plantation American Heritage, which actually some of those players played under Roger Harriet when he was the head coach at university school a couple years ago. So it's kind of like the players are saying, "Hey, I'm going to go back and play for my old coach again," but he's over here at St. Thomas Aquinas. So, and I think that's the thing right there is the biggest pickup for St. Thomas Aquinas has not been any player; it's been their new head coach and Roger Harriet, who is an alum of that school. So, you know, for the biggest thing for St. Thomas Aquinas is that you know, hey. Is a coach that has already got it. He's already won a state championship at another school. Has played for state championship teams under uh, under under former head coach George Smith. That that's that's the key ingredients for St. Thomas Aquinas just to go ahead and come on out and win win another one again. And you know, I think that's the biggest thing right there is that it takes a lot. You know, to, to, you know, it's going to take a lot for any other team to want to try to bring St. Thomas Aquinas down. They're going to have to play almost a perfect game in order to basically beat the Raiders this year. And I, I, I don't think there's anybody I could say in the Class 7A's bracket and in the South bracket that I could see stopping them mm-hmm. from making a run to Orlando again. There's just no way right now that I can pinpoint and say, hey, this team might have a chance actually to win against them this year. That's how good they're going to be. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. FloridaHSFootball.com. On the line, Josh Wilson, the founder, editor-in-chief, uh, tied in with USA Today High School Sports Now, that digital network that's being built. And um, let's uh, let's let's uh, get back to the uh, little controversy you uh, stirred up there <laughs> over the weekend. Uh, you're getting ready to put out your rankings, and there's one team that's not going to be in there. And uh, I, I've got to be honest with you, I've been wrestling with this. I brought it up to Steve Spiewak at uh, of Max Preps when I talked to him early in the year, you know, like, does IMG deserve to be ranked with its ability to recruit and all the other things we can go through? And I don't want to steal your thunder here, but uh, you've decided not to. So let's talk about that and get your feelings on on IMG and where it should be in rankings, where it shouldn't be, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I think you know, the one thing that we've always had, and this is what we've held, you know, the standard here in Florida is that we don't rank independent teams, and IMG falls under the independent category of FHA teams, which is over 80 schools that are considered independent by the Florida High School Athletic Association. So we have to consider that. It's like 
if we take one team, which IMG is a member of, out of that out of those eighty plus members, we start ranking them. We need to say, hey, are we going to start looking at the other eighty plus other teams that are going to be there? And that's this thing is that is that it's it's really not fair because we're saying, hey, you know, if you're going to want to be ranked. You should be willing to put yourself in a district, which the case for IMG though is, is that they're not allowed to be in the district because they do, you know, acknowledge that they're recruiting outside the state of Florida. Which I mean, I hate to say it that way, but that's you know, this is this has been going over in the newspapers in their area. You know, there's been, there, there's been some different pieces done over in the last couple of years, especially some that has been more recent in the last few months. And I think, you know, for IMG itself, it's that when you're going to be able to go out and be able to pull in players from other parts of the, state, of the country like that, and then you're also still you're still pulling your full players, obviously, from in the state of Florida, I think that makes it, mm-hmm. it, it, it the thing is, like, it's, it's a different than when, you know, at the same time as Aquinas is being able to pull players from a large area in their own region, you know, Broward County, northern Miami-Dade areas, those particular areas, that's, that's in my mind, different than when you're going, hey, I'm pulling a player from California, I'm pulling a player from Georgia or wherever they're coming from. That's that's a difference maker right there, and I think that kind of – and another thing is that when you cannot get a school within a 100-mile radius of you to want to play you, that's another thing that says – you know, hey, no one's trusting of you, basically. <laughs> you know, you're, you're, they're, you're, you're, they're, they're kind of afraid. You know, when, when Miramar and Coco are over 100 miles away and they're the only two that actually say, hey, we'll actually agree to play you, mm-hmm. that, you know, from inside Florida like that, and then you, and, and, uh, I'll put Plantation American Heritage in that because, you know, for a kickoff class, like that, you know, that, that sends some question marks right there. And I, I just feel like at this particular point, it's not in our best interest to do this when we see it from other fans. It's like, you know, hey, you know, they, they really are different. They're not really technically a high school like everybody else is on this list, and that's that's the difference. And I think people don't. Some people don't see that. They think they're a normal high school when they're actually not. Yeah. And when when I'm looking at an Orlando some article about a player actually going to and then coming back to his home school because it was either too much and the the football the football centric life was you know around the clock was too much. That that tells you a few things right there. Yeah, we're talking about a, a a college football program. I don't know what level, but obviously with all the top recruits they have there, it's a it's a different situation. Josh Wilson on the line tonight, FloridaHSFootball.com. He's got his national rankings coming out. Great previews all over the website at FloridaHSFootball.com as he's really uh, ramped things up this year, the partnership with USA Today High School Sports that we'll talk about in a second here. Now let's go to a team that, well, you know, USA Today, Jim Haley, wrote about Flanagan uh, the other day. Uh, Max Preps has them in their preseason early contenders poll. Uh, they've won a playoff game. <laughs> well, their first playoff game, I should say. Last year, they advanced deep in the 8A playoffs. Um, but, but you know, ha- how does a team that kind of has only done that and has that sort Because we know tradition is big when it comes to top 25s and all that. H- how, how do they fall as high as they do, and do you agree with that? I mean, what, what's your thoughts? I mean, I think, I, I, I feel like, that you know, the Flanagan knows returned quite a bit, and, you know, they, they, they've also themselves have picked up a couple of transfers as well, and I feel like, you know, if this is going to be the season that Flanagan actually makes it makes bigger noise than what they did last year, getting all the way to the state semifinals, I think this is it. This is that year. I mean, I think some people, some people, 
feel that you know, there might be some changes after that. You know, there might be, you know, we don't know what, you know, if they, you know, we never know if Devin Bush Sr. may get offered a college job and he wants to take that, you know, because, you know, he is, is well-known in the college ranks as well for what he do, has done. And, you know, and I think, the only, you know, a big reason, you know, why, you know, that's going to be is, you know, his son, you know, his son's a senior this year, you know, Devin Bush Jr. So, you know, he's one of the top-rated prospects on that team. That's going to be huge for them, and I really think, you know, for Flanagan themselves, I think, again, you know, if this is going to be the year that they can make a run to Orlando and try to win a state championship, this this, this is the year to do it. Otherwise, it may not ever happen. <laughs> you know, Interesting. That, 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 that's, it, it, I mean, when Miramar's, Miramar's down right, you know, Columbus, Columbus, they're, they're, they'll, they'll be all right, but I mean, it's Columbus at the same level as they were last year, who, you know, that's the team that knocked out Flanagan in the state semifinals. That, you know, I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we say we're talking of Flanagan, Manatee, Apopka, you know, just because 8A actually, to be honest, the AAF actually looks a lot better as a classification this year than it has in the last couple of years. Yeah, you've talked about that on the show in the past, and, and you just kind of touched on some of the teams. So give give us some of those uh, those teams out there, those dark horses, and they're not really dark horses, obviously, that may find their way into a national ranking this year and, and, and somewhere, you know, uh, toward uh, you know winning your your overall top twenty five championship this year. Give us give us some of those names. I mean, I mean, I could, I mean, I mean the you know, Popka's always one that we're watching. I mean, I mean, the, the way uh, Rick Darlington just keeps things there going, you know, it's like. They, it may, they may not always have brand-name players. You know, they lose Martez Ivy and Chandler Cox, who are the two best players that they had on that team last year. Well, you know, but at the same time, it's always been – it was, was – was, was, even Rick Darlington himself said, same gun, new bullets. Like, you know, they just kind of reload, <laughs> reload, reload the thing there. Osceola, which, is, which jumps up into the highest classification last year, which played same time as the final from the 7A state championship, they, they, they could be in contention. Dr. Phillips, Manatee, those are just some teams right there. I mean, Plant, I think, would have been somewhere maybe in the mix in the, in the national rankings at some particular point. But because they now they they're down their quarterback Rex Culpepper after injury of the USS swing and shoot back about a, over, over a week ago, that has really changed the the mentality of thinking of where is Plant going to fall out because now they're having to basically go to a backup quarterback to be the starter. That you know that that's a key question mark for Plant now, and that's I think I think a major dark horse I think that people that's going to surprise people is Oakleaf, which is right just south of the, of the Duval County line in Clay County, which is right near Jacksonville. That that team. They have picked up some key transfers over the summer. They're, they're, they've got some players already. You know, they've got some top athletes. I think they're going to make some noise. They made some noise last year, going undefeated in the undefeated regular season and making it all the way to the regional final for the first time ever in school history. So, I, mean, I guess if you look at it, Oakleaf is kind of in the same area of, of dark horses like Flanagan would be. So, mm-hmm. I think that's another there's another team right there. And six A, I'll tell you what, six A is just. I mean, that's a classification that I could I could say that there's a lot of teams there. I mean, some people have you know said and I can believe it as well myself. Armwood, if people want to be Armwood, you know, thing you want to be Armwood, this will be the year to do it. Otherwise, maybe the next two years, don't even think about it hmm. because they're going to have talent again too. So I mean, if this is this might be a down year for Armwood, but 
you know, they're still going to be good enough with, with their schedule because of the way the schedule is set, that they'll be able to, they'll, they'll win their district, they'll be able to win, you know, go through the playoffs and win at least a few games. It just depends, okay, where do they end up at, considering they're in the north side of the bracket. There's a lot of good teams on the north side of the bracket, 6A north, so that's going to be a question mark right there as to who wants to emerge out of 6A north to go compete with Miami Central out of 6A south, or possibly, hey, it might be mainland because, that's another interesting thing is that since Miami Central and Mainland are now in the same region of 6A South, they're going to meet in the regional final instead of the state semifinal for the next four years at least if that's the way it goes. Hmm. Interesting. So, yes, very much interesting. So I mean, there's a lot. There's there's a lot of the you know there, there's quite a few dark horses out there. I think it's just it, it's a matter of how do they come out of the gate come the first couple of weeks of the season and see what happens from there. Josh Wilson on the line tonight on High School Football America throwing down some uh, Sunshine State uh, football intel as we get the uh, season off and rolling here with camps. And let's uh, let's wrap up with what I mentioned at the top, mentioned it a couple of times throughout the interview. Uh, a proud time for you earlier this year as you uh, signed a, a partnership with USA Today High School Sports. Uh, talk a little bit about that, what that does for you guys and how it changes things. Makes uh, What are some of the things involved with it? Well, some of the things involved is like it's a content partnership. We, you know, it's you know we exchange content basically, you know, and you know we'll we'll be carrying the you know the top twenty-five. Of course, we'll focus on the other top twenty-fives or other national rankings that are out there as well. But you know, if there's some content that sparks us from them, you know, that they may have done on Florida, we can we can use that to promote them even further, and you know, they they can have access to the content that we we have that can. Basically, they can they can promote us even further. So it's kind of a win-win situation. And it's more you know promotional, saying hey, you know we're trying to expose you know hey we we do a lot of things here. There may be things you may not see from from us on their site because you know hey it may not be as much of a national interest. We're saying hey we've got some, we've got stuff going on here with the high school football team, you know and you know. And sometimes they have features like I said, you know, seeing, you know, where they're talking about like the top 25 previews that, you know, that, that are of interest, you know, and, you know, you know, we kind of promote that as well, you know, saying, hey, you know, Flanagan's being considered or St. Thomas Aquinas, you know, or Miami Central. So those are some big things right there, you know, with, with that as it being a content partnership. And, you know, I think you know, also saying to tell people saying, hey, you know, we've We've got this relationship with USA Today High School Sports now. You know, we're you know we'll be nationally recognized at this particular point by a well a very well known national media company. We're not just somebody anymore. We're we're, we're up there on that level now. Yep, they're doing a great job as they're building it. Uh, I've had the chance to talk to uh, Josh Barnett a lot, like what they're doing there, and congratulations on that. And look forward to uh, seeing how your prognostication pans out here. So the last thing we have to ask, when do your when does your big poll, the overall Florida State poll, come out? What's the, the target date? Well, 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 we're doing the countdown of the top 25. So we started we started with top 25 on, on this past Monday, so that we're, we're going working our way up to number one. So the number one team will be revealed on the 20th of August, which is a Thursday, which is one day before most of all our preseason games and some games that are going to be played that are going to be out-of-state games that are going to count for, for teams on, on the record. So we'll, we'll, that's, that'll be the day. And then uh, right around that time, we'll release all the classification rankings as well for, for all the for all eight classes in the state of Florida. All right. Well, uh, go go get back to work. Uh, thanks for taking the time out of your busy schedule to, to put this one in, and we appreciate it. We'll catch up appreciate with you throughout it. the year. Uh, best of luck, and here, here's to having a great year in, uh, in Florida, and I think you guys are going to have one. Take care, Josh.
Appreciate it, Jeff. Thank you. Very welcome. Taking a break, coming back, talking safety as practice begins. Uh, do's and don'ts, hydration. Uh, what does it mean to have less tackling on the field? We're going to talk to Dr. Chris Katoris. When we come back, you're listening to High School Football America. Instant replays on a high school football sideline? Seriously? Yes. The future is here with Echo 1612's Instant Replay Sideline System. Echo's cutting-edge technology was the first to the market two years ago. Echo delivers instant replay to your sideline on an iPad within seconds of a play being finished so that you can make tomorrow's coaching changes today. This NFHS-approved product may be the biggest change in high school football since the invention of the helmet. Coaches, you'll gain a competitive edge by adding Echo 1612's Instant Replay Sideline System to your coaching toolbox. How cool is this? The Echo Instant Replay Sideline System works with both your current booth and end zone cameras. Plus, and this is an important point, Echo works without any cellular connection, data plans, or internet. The list of high school football programs using Echo 1612 system is growing daily, meaning your opponent may already have a game time advantage. You don't want to be left out, do you? The Echo 1612 advantage is simple. Echo plus an iPad equals instant replay on your sideline that improves your game planning. Seriously, you'll be making coaching adjustments in real time, not the day after. Except no copycats, Echo 1612 is the best on the market. Echo 1612's cutting-edge technology helps you make tomorrow's adjustments today. Learn more at Echo1612.com. turf rubber pellets be gone. The debris inhibitor razor is a seamless outer sock that was specifically designed to keep crumb rubber and other fine debris from artificial or grass playing surfaces out of an athlete's shoes and socks, thus keeping such debris out of gym bags and locker rooms. The razor, spelled R-A-Z-U-R, is favored by athletes who want the look of tape, by trainers who no longer have the time to tape only for show, and by moms who no longer want that crumb rubber in the house. The Debris Inhibitor Razor is made in America. It's 70% nylon and 30% spandex, making it extra lightweight and very durable, and it's backed by a one-year performance guarantee. The Debris Inhibitor Razor covers just the right amount of a player's shoe while keeping those shoelaces tight. It's fully customizable, machine washable, and more importantly, it's easy to get on and off. The Debris Inhibitor Razor comes in 23 colors and sizes are youth, medium, large, and for that extra big foot, extra large. Founded in 2010 by former University of Mississippi All-SEC football player Carl Hoppy Langley III, Southern Sport Inc. created the Debris Inhibitor to improve athletic performance by protecting athletes, allowing them to look and feel better with technically advanced products engineered with superior fabric construction, patented design, and proven innovation. Get a discount on your order by using the High School Football America code HSFA when you order at TDIRazor.com. That's Razor spelled with a U at TDIRazor.com. Listen up, football coaches. You need to check out a new scouting film solution called Crossover. That's Crossover with a K. Crossover Intelligence for Football gives you the edge you need to defeat your opponents. They not only break down and analyze scouting games for you, but they give you interactive tendency reports to diagnose your opponent's strengths and weaknesses. 
Crossover is your personal advanced scout, accessible from any mobile device or PC, and even integrates with your existing film platform like Huddle. Just transfer your scouting film from your existing video exchange service to the Crossover website, and in as little as 12 hours, your film will be completely indexed and tagged. Each play will become its own clip, allowing you to search the footage for anything you'd like. Their interactive down and distance reports will let you visualize your opponent's play calls in every situation or formation. Crossover Intelligence will give you the scouting edge you need to defeat your opponents. Go to crossover.com forward slash football to sign up for a quick five-minute demo to see how it can work for your team. That's crossover with a K, crossover.com forward slash football. This portion of High School Football America brought to you by Kellogg's Frosted Flakes. Tony the Tiger reminding all you dads out there whenever you sit down and share that love and passion for the game of football with the kids, you do it over a bowl of Frosted Flakes. Well, we're here. Football is upon us. Practice uh, beginning today in a couple of states and will ramp up over the next seven days uh, just about to the entire nation. And within the next two weeks, all 50 states and D.C. will be holding practice. And, of course, uh, with practice comes a a lot of things that, unfortunately, over the last couple of years have hit the national spotlight. Uh, You know, uh, unfortunately, we've had some student athletes that have passed away for various reasons uh, involved in the heat. And, uh, uh, obviously, uh, you know, the the, the state government governing bodies have tried to do some things to to prevent that and other things, uh, concussions obviously in the national spotlight. And we thought, uh, what better way to uh, kind of get the uh, the fall practice season underway than to uh, bring in a gentleman, uh, Dr. Chris Katouris, who is a uh, board-certified pediatrician, sports medicine specialist, and the team doctor for Orange Lutheran High School out here in Southern California, who's uh, uh, dedicated his life to uh, to working in this field and, and, and talk about some of the things that are happening. And uh, Dr. Dr. Chris Katouris is on the line, and we're going to have a wide-ranging conversation here. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, limiting practice times, uh, concussions, hydration, all the things that everybody needs to know as we go into the 2015 football season. And uh, we welcome into the show right now. Welcome to the show, Dr. Katouris. How are you? Great, Jeff. Thank you so much for giving the opportunity to be on the show. I'm eager to speak and eager for the high school football season to get started soon. Well, it's it's all about safety. Let's let's face it. Uh, there's not one person out there that loves the game of football that isn't concerned about safety. Even if some people have you know more of a right look to it or a left look to it. And I, I think the best place to start the conversation. And I've lost count now how many states have limited the amount of uh, contact during uh, fall camp. Uh, uh, two a days in some states like Texas gone, which some people think is blasphemous. And uh, you know then in season they've limited the amount of you know actual contact as well. So let's start there with the conversation. Uh, as a doctor and, and someone that's you know highly involved in the sport of high school football, um, what will these things do for not only the game but the student-athletes, which is the most important thing? Well, the reason that contact limits were put in place were to reduce the number of times that student-athletes are having head-to-head impact under the thought that with Competitive head-to-head impacts can cause long-term brain injury. So in thought, fewer times you hit heads, fewer times you could have that cumulative damage. So that's the upside. That's the reason why these things were put in place. The potential risk that we don't know about is you've got to learn how to tackle to be able to tackle effectively. So 
the fear is that if we do these contact limitations, will we see an uptick in other injuries, shoulders, knees, because kids aren't properly aware to tackle? So I think it's going to be a fascinating next couple of years as we learn more. The hope is we're going to see a reduction in concussion. We're going to see a reduction in the number of long-term issues with head injury without any uptick in other type of injuries. That would be ideal. That mm-hmm. would be great, and we'd all be very excited to see that. But I think in any situation, you always are looking for both the benefits of a change but also having to study the potential downsides. I'm also eager to see how these contact limits affect the varsity football player versus the freshman. I'll make the assumption the varsity kid's been playing for a couple of years, is probably more well-versed in tackling, has more experience. But how about the 14-, 15-year-old kid who's never played football, never put on the pads? Is he at higher risk because he does not have as much cumulative contact time to learn the skill? That's going to be an important study as well. So looking at it from both overall football risk but also at age, varsity versus freshman. It's it's such an interesting conversation. Dr. Chris Katuris is on the line, Anaheim Hills, California team doctor for Orange Lutheran in the uh, very tough Trinity League, one of the best football leagues in America year in and year out. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about uh, practice safety. And um, one of the things uh, a couple of weeks ago, I guess it's a couple of months ago now, I had uh, a couple of gentlemen on from uh, the U.S. Rugby Foundation uh, talking about teaching rugby tackling techniques, how that can make the game safer. Of course, USA Football has its heads-up program. Um, any thoughts on, on, on these two topics before we get into the actual helmets and that and, and how we can make them better? But what about the actual technique that's being taught or trying to be taught at this point? Do you, do you like that kind of uh, focus? Well, I think any time that we're teaching kids not to lead with the crown of the helmet, not to lead with the head, that's positive. And there's good data to show that reduces the risk of not only head injury, but neck injuries, serious spinal cord issues, so those things are all very valid. When it comes to the perfect tackling technique, I hate to say it, I'm not sure we have it. I'm not sure we have the appropriate amount of science to say this is the best way to teach it. And I'm sure if you put coaches on the line and ask them the same thing, you'll probably get a various number of opinions. But if we're going to be looking at ways to at least teach the kids, look, the helmet ain't going first, you're not looking down when you're hitting somebody else, and you're learning at least how to roll after a tackle, that's probably very valid. We're also learning more about neck strengthening. So if in these programs we're teaching the kids in the weight room, in the preseason, making their neck stronger to absorb a tackle, that will be helpful as well. Dr. Chris Katuris on the line tonight talking safety uh, as we head into uh, fall practice here during the 2015 season. He's the team doctor at uh, Orange Lutheran High School here in Southern California. And, and let's talk about the, the helmet. Obviously, we've progressed a long way from the days of leather helmets and all that. And, uh, you know, there's some level as we've seen the, the speed go up and up at whatever level it is. And, and obviously, the NFL, we see these players just putting their bodies through things that are incredibly, um, you know, uh, fast and, and, and the impacts and all that. Um, the, the helmets, everybody kind of seems to think the helmet is the thing that protects. The, what, what does the helmet not do? I mean, can, can we get kids to understand that what you just said there, the leading with the, the, the crown of the head in a helmet, is doesn't make it safer? No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Sometimes you put a helmet on a PH kid, and it can be dangerous because they think, hey, I've got this helmet, I can do anything I want. And that's not always a safe situation. Yes, the helmet's going to protect against skull fracture. Yes, the helmet's going to protect against bruising of the scalp. So you're going to look better if you get hit with a helmet on. What it does not protect against is rotation. When the brain is jostled in a concussion or in a tackle, 
it rotates, it moves within the skull, and the helmet can't protect that 100%. So there are limits to what a helmet can do. Again, it can protect against the skull being broken. It can protect against looking pretty bad from a bruise or a cut to the scalp. But in terms of that rotational thing, that can't be protected. So that's one thing we need to teach families that no helmet is 100% protective. And just because you're wearing a helmet doesn't mean you're any more protected or you can do more dangerous tackling techniques. Talking to uh, Dr. Chris Katouris from Southern California tonight on High School Football America. We're talking safety, uh, talking a lot of things. Obviously, states have limited uh, practice uh, times, uh, whether it's uh, during the, the preseason and the, the in-season time. Uh, we're talking about concussions tonight. Um, let's let's you know talk a little bit about how you feel, especially as the, uh, the staff doctor at, at Orange Lutheran. How do you feel um, coaches are adjusting to all of these things right now. I know, you know, Chuck Peterson, who's the head coach at OLU, is one of the top coaches in the country. I love him to death. He's a great friend of ours here at High School Football America. But, you know, we, we've got some guys out there that have been doing it one way for a long, long time, and then we have the new generation. How do you think the coaches are dealing with the, the, the new rules made to make the game safer? Well, I think there's probably a variety of responses, but I've heard coaches talk about needing to find ways to do non-contact teaching. If it's bag drills, if it's wrapping but not bringing down, they're having to learn to incorporate those type of activities into their teaching. I think the key thing is they're realizing that all of their peers are having to have the same limits. So when it's an even playing field, it's perceived that everybody's doing it the same way that makes it feel a little bit better. I think they're also becoming more aware of the implications of kids with concussions so that they're not only identifying them, but I think they're hopefully becoming more aware of needing to support the kid, the kid who's been diagnosed, the kid who's not in the field, and trying to keep that kid part of the team, trying to keep a very positive environment around them. So the adjustments are being made. Uh, I think it depends a lot, too. Coaches like Coach Peterson, very progressive, very aware, communicates with us wonderfully, a joy to work with. Uh, I've had coaches, the majority, yes, are like that. There are some, a little bit more challenging, but I think as time evolves and as they see that the entire field is having to make these changes, hopefully it will reflect upon them as well. Yeah, I, I'm hoping we're beyond the point where it's like, uh, you, you know, the, the term, I got my bell rung and, and you know, coach says, uh, okay, shake it off and get back in there. I think we're actually beyond that. Chris Katouris is on the line tonight. Uh, Dr. Chris Katouris, uh, Anaheim Hills, out here in Southern California. Uh, happy uh, to have him on the show tonight to talk about the safety. And maybe I should have asked this question uh, right at the top when we began the concussion discussion, but let's, let's kind of define it. What is a concussion? And let's address it, um, you know, specifically to the athlete when it happens you're on the field you take that hard hit um, things are happening in your brain you know something's happening define what's really there so they understand it so the student athletes listening to the show tonight know they've received a concussion or or may have it's anytime there's a blow to the head or to the body and something's just not right you've got a headache you're feeling dizzy kids are telling me they feel kind of foggy everything's moving a bit slow the more obvious kid is the one who's vomiting or doesn't get up right away. So we're going to call it any type of change in the way you act, you feel, or you think after you've, again, had a blow to the body. It may not just be a hit to the head. You may get hit real hard in the chest and a whiplash motion happens. 
in this day and age, we're telling kids, if any of those things come up, let people know. And I'm impressed. I've been doing high school football coverage now for 20 years. And, you know, 20 years ago, you never knocked on a teammate. You never had a kid come up to you and go, hey, can you look at my center? He's not quite right. Mm -hmm. Today, that's changed. We'll have kids come up and say, hey, doc, can you go look at this guy? Something's just not right about him. So I think kids are more aware of themselves, their teammates, and making us aware. And I think that is helpful to everybody. And I just encourage it. You know, I We'd rather take a look at a lot of kids and help make decisions sooner and later. Okay, and then from the athletic trainer standpoint, the team doctor standpoint, when you're there on the sidelines with your athletic trainer, what are the things, so parents understand, what are the things you're going through um, talking to the kid about, looking for to decide whether or not he can go back in or not? We're going to be just looking at the kid from you know, their general appearance, and that's where the athletic trainers are so valuable. They know these kids. They know their personalities. They know their on-field demeanor. They know how they carry themselves. And there's times where, you know, the kid will be coming off, and I'll get kind of an elbow on their wrist. Something's not right. That right there tells me something. Uh, in today's world, we have a very, very low threshold for removing a kid. So if there's any doubt, we're just going to say, look, son, the game's over. Let's have your helmet. Let's take a look. We may do a more involved evaluation, asking questions, doing a physical exam on the field, but the decision's pretty much been made. Let's slow you down. Let's pull you. I've been impressed with how many times the initial evaluation wasn't that worrisome, but then the next two, four, six, 24 hours, things have changed. So by taking the kid out and giving some time for things to evolve, they may get better, they may get worse, but at least we've protected them and we've started the return at that point. Talking with Dr. Chris Katouris tonight on High School Football America. He's a board-certified pediatrician and sports medicine specialist and the team doctor for Orange Lutheran High School out here in uh, Southern California talking about safety as we uh, go into the 2015 uh, get-ready uh, time, fall camp, when uh, things are hot and heated and all those other things. We're going to talk hydration here in a second, but let's, let's talk about coming out of the concussion. A, a student athlete has received one. Uh, he's been gone, he's gone through the proper uh, things that he's supposed to have done, sitting out and all those things, and now it's time to try and figure out if he's ready to return to the field. What are the things that parents should know that, that you guys are looking for before you say, yep, Johnny's able to go back out there and start button heads again? We're going to look at the big picture. We're going to make sure that personality, he's back to his usual personality. We're going to be looking at his ability to do his academic work. Is he able to read? Is he able to get on the computer to do schoolwork? Is he back in the classroom? Is he, if not fully caught up, is he pretty close to being caught up academically? Is it taking the usual amount of time to do homework? Is he handling the multitasking, the switching of classes? Has he done any low-level physical activity, done some jogging, maybe some throwing and catching? So those are all the things we're going to look at. And oftentimes I'll sit there and I'll look at mom or dad and I'll say, is this your son? Is your son ready to go? And the parents will usually nod their head. But every so often I'll get a phone call about an hour later after everybody's left the office. No, I'm not comfortable with my son being ready. Cool. We're going to wait. So mm -hmm. I want the parents as involved as anybody because they know their child. Once everybody in the room is comfortable, it's a return progression. So it starts with light activity, non-contact, non-impact, often individual. Then we go to a higher level of individual activity. Then it's non-contact drills. Then it's contact drills. Then it's a full practice. So it may take a good week or so to allow a kid to come back. But each of those steps, we're evaluating, 
reassessing. We're making sure that nothing's getting worse. Obviously, those steps are real, real important there uh, for you know both sides of the, of the ledger here. And obviously, kids are a little bit more you know go get it than the parents are, and the parents are obviously worried about that. So, talk about a, a child has received a concussion. You've gone through all the necessary steps, like you said, the like workout, the like contact, and you you build them back up to get them back in there. Um, what are the the odds that a concussion can be received again, uh, maybe in a in a quicker fashion because they've already received one? Is there is there any work you know work up on that so people can understand that you know once the kid have, has has kind of passed all those markers that you just talked about there that hey it's safe for him to go back out there on the field without worrying about it happening again because he just had one. You know, there's some assumption of risk. There's some assumption of risk that we in the medical community take, the families take, that the coaches and athletes take. There is probably some statistically higher risk. If you've had a concussion, you're probably at higher risk for another one. Uh, there's definitely some new data telling us it's not just you're at higher risk for concussion, but you may be at higher risk for a bone or joint injury, maybe because subtly you're not moving as fast or you're not the same football playing speed. So there's some risk we take. And that's why we keep asking questions. Sometimes we'll watch kids that first game back and we'll notice, boy, they're getting fatigued. So often I will ask if they're a two-way player, they not play two ways that first game. I let the coaches know, hey, he's going to be good, but by fourth quarter he might be uh, pulling up on his pads and not being as quick. So you Mm -hmm. may be thinking about that in terms of his playing time. So there is some increased potential risk, and we bring that up to families and make sure that they're aware of what we know and don't know. There's a lot we're learning. There's a lot, gosh, we wish we had more information about. But, yes, there's some theoretical increased risk after you've had one that you may get a second one. Dr. Chris Katuris on the line tonight giving some great information to our uh, listeners as we go into fall camps. Uh, he is the team doctor at Orange Lutheran High School here in Southern California and uh, been doing this, as you heard, uh, a long, long time and uh, has the kids' best uh, interest at heart. Let's let's talk, uh, before we go into hydration, let's talk about the uh, the student-athlete. They've received the concussion. Now, what should they be doing to make sure that that brain begins healing and gets them back uh, on the road to getting back on the field? Well, we want them to reduce stresses on the brain. Uh, that doesn't mean we put them in a dark room, throw away the key, and lock them in there for a good couple of days, but it <laughs> means that they reduce load. So I don't want them texting all their friends. I don't want them Instagramming everybody 24 hours a day. I don't want them trying to watch every college football game the next day. I want a balance. So somewhere in the middle, you know, if it means they can do some light reading, if it means maybe walking outside with sunglasses, if it means, okay, get it on the phone for 10 minutes and at least text those important people, let them know you're still alive and kicking, that's fine. We want to make sure that there's no high-risk activity. So obviously no return to any sport-type activity. I don't want them going to, you know, Knott's Berry Farm and riding the newest roller coaster. That happens a lot here in Southern California. <laughs> I don't want them going to the beach and trying to do, you know, surfing the 10-foot waves. So somewhere in the middle, we want to shut down activity. Usually as they start to feel better and they say, hey, I can read for about a half an hour at home. I'm able to handle some conversations with friends. I'm starting to sleep more appropriately. Then we get them back to school. So, again, it's a step-by-step. It's all very individualized. And when we sit down with each kid, we go over these things, we find out what works for them. Some kids, you know, the high-achieving kids don't want to miss a second of school. We've got to negotiate there. Other kids are more than happy to get that <laughs> not school card. And sometimes you've got to prod them a bit to get back. So it's individual, but again, it's not complete shutdown yet. You don't want to overload that healing brand. 
Dr. Chris Gutierrez laying down some great information here on High School Football America tonight. And uh, let's wrap up with the, the hydration uh, question. Uh, like I said at the top of this interview, it, it, it's something that's caught the, the national attention because we've lost some students over the last uh, decade or more uh, when it comes to you know things that happen in the extreme heat, especially in the southeast and all that. So what are, what are the do's when it comes to hydration? What are kids supposed to do before they hop out there in 100-degree heat? Well, we want them to be hydrated entering the practice situations. So just waiting to get to the field and starting to drink fluids is probably not going to help out. So they should be hydrated pretty much morning, noon, and night. And if you're anticipating, like you said, football starts today in some states, probably even in the week before you're starting practice, you're making sure you're staying up in your hydration. I talk to kids about, hey, when they go to the bathroom, I know a gross subject who wants to talk about it, but if they're going to the bathroom, it's pretty much looks clear, that's a good sign. Mm-hmm. If they're going to the bathroom and the pee looks pretty dark, that's not a good sign. So we want to make sure that they're keeping their fluids up. We look at their weight. You know, If they're going out there, and everybody's going to lose some weight in the heat with exercise, but if you're losing more than a couple percent of your body weight, that's not exactly a cool thing either. And then performance. You know, If the kid's saying, hey, by the end of practice, hey, everybody's tired, everybody's gassed, but I'm more gassed than the guy next to me. I'm cramping. There's another sign. So it's fluids. Entering the practice, it's fluids, access to practice time, and then, of course, afterwards, trying to get the fluid intake so they get back to that pre-practice weight. Talking to Dr. Chris Katuris tonight on High School Football America. If you've missed any of this, please go back into our archives. This is important information to to know about. And and let's kind of wrap things up here, uh, Doc, and and, and talk about, uh, you know, obviously sports medicine has come a long way. You've been doing this a long time. You've seen those changes. Um, What are some of the things uh, that need to take place in your estimation as we continue to progress and make the sport safer and make sure that our student-athletes are, you know, uh, first and foremost here and it's not wins and losses you know i think it's just a communication athlete to parent parent athlete to medical staff coaches everybody's in on this so the more that we can communicate the more that we can share our concerns that we make the families the kids everybody understand the big picture things obviously there's a lot of emotion if an athlete has been asked to be removed especially if we're moving towards the big rivalry game the playoff coming up senior year all those things but the more that we can communicate the long term that, hey, I'm worried about you now when you're 17, but when you're 27, 37, just as important. So having that big picture in mind and just always having that communication, always being able to sit down, talk with people, I think is the key. So the more that we can communicate, like on the show today, the more that we can teach, we can preload people with good information, that's important. So, Jeff, I thank you for that opportunity. Sure. And, and then just last question. I, I think this is an important part. Um, certainly steps are being made to make the game safer, to make sure that coaches understand what's happening to a kid, to make sure a kid understands what's happening to a kid and the parents and, and that whole thing. But I think there's a, a misnomer that 10 years from now we're going to have this fixed. This isn't something that's going to ever be fixed. We're always supposed to be progressing on this, right? We're, we're never going to make the sport completely safe and, and make the athletes away from harm, right? No, we're never going to be able to say that you're going to walk on the football field that is going to walk up 100% intact. No activity that we do for both organized sports and recreational activities are 100% risk-free. So we have to always balance the risks and benefits. Can we reduce the risks? We sure hope so. Can we make them zero? That would be great, but probably impossible. So minimize, but always acknowledge. And 
as a family and if a player steps on the field, we're going to do everything we can to make it as risk-free as possible, but there's still that risk going out there. Well, we appreciate your time tonight, Doc. It's it's been you know uh, twenty minutes that you know could have gone on for probably you know twenty shows uh, to kind of get through this, but it's very very important that everybody kind of listens to uh, what's going on out there, and, and you've done it in a, a really concise, great way. And uh, e- even if it's as simple as going to the bathroom, I think those are very very important things. And you know, like you said, it may not be something you want to talk about, but you got to have this open, honest conversation so everybody understands the risk and the rewards with uh, the the great game we all love of high school football so doc thank you for joining us tonight we really appreciate your time well thank you jeff i appreciate the opportunity hope to do it again soon yep dr chris katuris anaheim hills california the team doctor at orange lutheran high school out here in southern california all right that's going to do it for us I want to thank uh, dr chris katuris along with our other guest tom westerberg head coach of allen high school in texas three-time defending State champs there and three-time defending High School Football American national champs. Remember, the top 25 comes out 3 o'clock Eastern time, noontime Pacific time on Saturday, August the 1st. Uh, Check out all the previews of the teams in contention for the top spot at highschoolfootballamerica.com. Also want to thank Josh Wilson from Florida HS Football. Uh, com for joining us tonight. want to thank uh, Echo1612. Go to Echo1612.com. Get instant replay on your sidelines, on your iPad, eight seconds after the game. The play is done. And also brought to you tonight by Crossover. Crossover with a K. Crossover.com forward slash football for a free demo. And uh, you won't regret taking a... Uh, crossover into your coaching toolbox because it will save you lots of time and therefore money and both echo and crossover give you a very competitive edge against your opponents also brought to you tonight by southern sports tdi razor the debris inhibitor razor keep those pesky rubber pellets from field turf out of your shoes and it's also giving you that great look of spatting without the high cost of tape tdi razor razor with a u r-a-z-u-r.com use h-s-f-a the code to get a discount on your order at tdirazor.com. All right, thanking Scott Z in Ohio for keeping the show running oh so smoothly for now. This is Jeff Fisher saying good night and good sports from Southern California. You've been listening to High School Football America on the Artist First Radio Network. <laughs>